An absolutely loaded show today. Uh, the most live interviews I've ever had on a program. So uh, stay tuned. Basically, every single segment is a different guest, and my brain is going to be fried by the end of this show. Luckily for him, he's the first one today. Dr. Donald Rosenstein is the director of Comprehensive Cancer Support Program at UNC. The reason why I'm bringing him on the show is uh, I recently, uh, one of my good friends, his wife recently had stage four cancer diagnosed in September. As of about two weeks ago, she is cancer free, which is incredible. And I uh, had never really known someone directly, really, uh, and, and know exactly their path that they took from diagnosis all the way through treatment, all the way through getting a, a cancer free message from a doctor. It was incredible to see, learned a lot. And, uh, Dr. Rosenstein is now here on the show to talk about what it looks like right now for somebody uh, with cancer in the world. Dr. Rosenstein, thanks for being on the show. I appreciate you having me. I'm glad to hear that your friend's wife is doing well. It is remarkable. Um, and it, it, So many things that doctors, so many procedures, so much research, new findings, uh, all going into this for a, someone who currently has cancer. Uh, I'm curious, what are some of the biggest things that have happened over the past decade or so that have impacted cancer patients in general? Now, that said, I know cancer, every cancer has different implications and different ways of treating, but what are some huge things that we have figured out and started using for cancer patients? Well, if, you, if you'll allow me to go back a little further than the last 10 years, I've, I've been um, doing this work, kind of providing psychosocial support for patients with cancer for, you know, 30-some-odd years. And what I can tell you is, in my professional lifetime, the kinds of advances that, that your friend experienced are more and more frequent. Um, there was a time when stage 4 cancer, with the exception of a few rare cancers, was considered to be a, you know, uniformly lethal um, term. And that has changed for many cancers, for cancers like skin cancer, malignant melanoma, and so on. And so, uh, there, there, there are now kind of more opportunities to talk about cure, even after very advanced disease. And so I think this, the science, which I can't talk about in detail, I could, I could get some of my colleagues on to talk to you about kind of the targeted therapies and the immunotherapies and the checkpoint inhibitors and, and all the science, which is not what I do for a living. But um, I can tell you that um, there's a lot of reason to be very excited about the advances in kind of cancer care these days compared to when I first got into this business. What are some of the things we understand to do now for someone who has cancer to improve their life as they go through treatment? Well, I think the first thing is to ask them what they need. Um, you know, this is a very obvious statement to make, but it, it, it bears emphasizing right at the beginning of this conversation, which is that everyone is different. And so certainly um, there are different developmental aspects, themes that come up with kind of what kids need when they have cancer and adolescents and young adults and, and uh, older adults and so on. But it's important to remember that everyone has their own experience of this illness. And um, I think the most important thing is for people themselves when they have cancer to kind of talk with those in their lives, their loved ones and their physicians and other healthcare providers and, and articulate what it is that they need most. Is it information? Is it time to make a decision? Is it kind of emphasis on certain outcomes that are more important than others? And so that would be the very first thing that I would say is patients 
themselves know what they need, I think, better than uh, any of us do. What's it like for people who are – because thankfully my friend uh, lives here in Raleigh, and so out of all the places to get a stage 4 diagnosis for cancer, we're in probably one of the best places you can be for that in terms of the support and medical community around here. Agreed. What's it like for a lot of people who live in a more rural area? Maybe you're an hour from a from a major hospital or more. What's it like for them if they get a cancer diagnosis? It's a, it's a great question, and you know, interestingly, I think – I think roughly about 80% of people who receive cancer care receive cancer care outside of a major academic center, so the rural areas that you're talking about, so not at a UNC or a Duke or, um, or, or another you know, university setting. And there are, and, and in many ways, receiving cancer care in rural areas, and we've done a lot of work with rural cancer communities, is wonderful. It's less overwhelming. It's smaller. Um, you get to know the staff um, in different ways. But what's cool is that these days there are many more ways to get and stay connected. Um, you, here at the University of North Carolina, we have set up a statewide network where we can consult on difficult cases through tumor boards for, via video conferencing. There are opportunities since the pandemic to kind of have evaluations and second opinions. And so the world has gotten smaller in that respect because of some of the technology that's developed recently. That's really good to hear. And uh, lastly, I'm kind of wondering, uh, especially just looking at my friend and her situation now moving forward, what is it like in the modern day for someone who has been given a cancer-free message from a doctor after going through chemo, radiation, uh, massive surgery, What's it like for those patients as they move forward with their life? So what you're really asking about is this area of, of cancer care called survivorship, which a lot of people define as beginning from the moment of diagnosis and, and continuing throughout your life. And, 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 and I would break it down into, you know, very quickly into four main areas. The first is that, um, if you'll excuse the analogy, sometimes there is friendly fire. There's often friendly fire in the war on cancer. So there can be complications and there can be uh, side effects from the treatment. There can be late long-term effects. And so the first area is kind of surveillance, medical monitoring for some of the effects of treatment. You know, when do you need to get another scan? When do you need, how often do you need to see your doctor? That, those kinds of things. The second has to do with looking for recurrence or new cancers. And those two things really need to be done with, you know, your oncologist and primary care doctor. And then I would say the third and fourth have to do with psychological, psychosocial reactions, things that can happen to many patients, depression, anxiety, post-traumatic experiences from the cancer treatment, and, and also kind of finding meaning in one's life after having had a brush with your own mortality and then finally, the fourth character uh, classification, I would say, would be wellness, kind of, you know, making some changes um, if needed in your diet and your exercise and your sleep and your job and relationships, you know, just uh, kind of coming at it from, from a new perspective, having had a serious illness and, uh, and treatment for it. 